Hey everybody, welcome back to 52 Weeks of Empowerment. This is week seven. I am your host, Andrea Pagnozzi, and I am career success coach. And what I try to do each and every day is empower my clients to make the most of their careers. And I am fiercely dedicated in 2022 to getting all of my listeners to do the same in their career. I take a lot from my client conversations to heart and I listen very intently to what is affecting people in the workplace today. And oftentimes it's just techniques to do things that some might find easier than others. One of them is having difficult discussions, difficult conversations, either as an employee having it with their boss or their organization or the flip side as an organization or a manager or leader of an organization trying to have difficult discussions with their peers, with their teams, and with the organization at large. It's not easy. This is a common coaching question that I get. How do I tackle an uncomfortable, very necessary discussion with my boss, my team, my organization? How do I not offend them? and what I have to say? How do I ask the right questions and get a response that isn't lip service? How do I hold them accountable to what we discussed? These are all very, very relevant questions and we're gonna cover all of these and beg the controversy that this method of tackling conversations is not going to be foolproof. There are a lot of situations in these conversations you cannot control. And we'll talk about that. The one thing you can control is how you approach the conversation, how you react to the responses. Approaching it using this methodology that I'm going to teach you today is going to at least provide an opportunity for you to have a more positive outcome. It will keep you level-headed, it will keep you focused, and that in and of itself should have a better outcome if you execute it. This week we're going to approach it from an individual employee's perspective. And next week, more from the vantage point of the company and leadership perspective. I'm going to start out our episode this week with a story that I've brought up in past episodes. It's a story of a client, we'll call her Jennifer, who reached out to me in 2018. So this was pre-pandemic. And she was seeking a career path that her company did not afford her. And that's very common. The company that she was a part of was a large global organization that had very limited career pathing because they had grown exponentially. They almost had too many people and roles. So unless people left and vacated roles, there really wasn't opportunity. And in fact, they questioned if they hadn't grown too far, too fast. And so they got rid of some of the roles. So when roles became vacant, they collapsed them. They didn't backfill. And that sometimes happens. So she didn't want to rely on the company, even though she adored the company. She worked really hard for them. She got great results. She didn't want to rely on them to set forth a career path that she was amenable to. She realized she had to make one for herself, ultimately. And so she did. She and I worked together to build a reasonable career path. She harmonized that with her manager. Her manager adored her advocated for her. And she was very clear on where she wanted to go next. She volunteered for project work. She was very well thought of in the organization. And she was waiting for that just right role to come up. And in the interim, her boss left the company and she was sunk. 
She said, I don't know if I'm starting at square one. I don't know who they're going to put in this role. And so we chartered a course for her to build a relationship with the new person who they brought in from outside the company to manage her team. And she liked her too. And her new boss adored her and built a great advocacy. They grew they grew to really like working with each other. She advocated for her and lo and behold, the perfect job came up. My client threw her hat in the ring, interviewed greatly, and she didn't get the job. Her boss, who was the one to hire the person, it was another role on the team, but it was an exalted role that would have afforded her a promotion, had brought somebody else in from the company that she had come. She was very upset understandably. And she came to me and she was pretty furious, not really thinking straight. And I just let her vent. And she said, I need answers. I said, well, what are you planning on asking? And she said, I want to know why she didn't support me. I want to know what that person that they put in this role had that I don't. And she started to make a list of all of these grievances. And I called her attention to the fact this isn't really coming from a place of abundance. And if you recall, our first episode this year on 52 Weeks of Empowerment is to come from a place of abundance. She wasn't doing that. And I understood she wasn't there yet. She hadn't had time for it to settle in. She knew she deserved the job and she was sunk. She felt like these jobs don't come up very often and she was coming from a place of lack. L-A-C-K. Had she gone into a conversation with her boss with this attitude, it would have been a dead-end conversation. She knew it. I knew it. They don't want to see you angry. They want to see you take action and learn from the experience. So we talked about a more amenable conversation for her to have, and I advised her, I think you should give it a little bit of time to sink in. She said, good going to take Monday off. So she waited about a week, did take the following Monday off. And when I spoke to her the following week, she was in a much better headspace. She said, I think Monday is when the new person starts. They got the role that I wanted. I'm going to go in and I'm going to welcome her aboard. I'm, I'm okay with things now. And I'm prepared to have that discussion. She did exactly as she said. She went in, she found that new person. She welcomed that person aboard, said, been with the company for six, seven years. I'm happy to, to show you the ropes and you know, give me a call. Here's my information. Just wanted to welcome you aboard. Went over to her boss's office and said, hey, do you have a minute? Kind of wanted to take the opportunity to, to touch base with you a little bit about the role that I didn't get. I actually just met the new person and welcomed them aboard. And I kind of like some feedback if that's okay with you. And her boss said, yes, come on in, let's sit down and let's talk. And about 45 minutes later, my client emerged with a better promotion than the one she had interviewed for and didn't get. And she was in a far better position than she could have ever imagined. Now, I'm not saying it all transpired because she applied this technique, but I am going to walk you through what she did and as she said, in retrospect, had she gone in with both guns blazing, it may not have ended quite so well. So here's what she did and, and how the conversation went. And I thank her for her story because I think it's very powerful. The first thing she did was she sat down and she said, the boss said, I know you're disappointed. She said, well, I was, but what I'm really here to discuss is I'd like to understand, although it's unfortunate I didn't get this role, 
what role do you see me doing in one to two years? And do you think I have the possibility of doing anything else? I give a talk to women's groups that talks about the game of chess. And I liken the game of chess to be analogous to women in the workplace. If you've ever played chess, you know that the most versatile piece on the board is the queen. That's not to say that men in the workplace are not powerful. They are. Women in the workplace, especially in large companies, sometimes still have a disadvantage. Oftentimes, they do not speak up for themselves in the workplace when it comes to these situations. So what I coached my client to do was to do just that. Luckily, she was amenable to it. There's always something to learn from a missed opportunity. So I wanted her to take advantage of that. And I use the chess analogy because if you don't see the queen as a piece of value elsewhere on the board and you're a good chess player you don't move the queen and the reason for that is because once the queen is lost to a game of chess you basically lost the game that's how important the queen is so many people just protect the queen protect the queen but by putting the piece which is herself in the hand of her boss and saying where else on this board do you think i am valuable is powerful because it tells you a lot. And men, you can absolutely do this too. If they can't see you doing anything else on the board, you need to know that, especially after six or seven years of tenure. And luckily she had a manager that was all about that. She said, I'm glad that you asked because I don't think you did anything wrong in the interview. I simply think that that's not the right role for you. So my next step after coming from a place of abundance was to tell my clients to then balance the situation. Help me help you. If I don't belong there, then where do I belong? Which was her question. Where do you see me? And if you don't see me there, but I want to be there, where are the gaps? How can I get there from here? But she said, I don't think you have gaps. I don't think that's the right role. So my client used her instincts and she said, well, what role would you rather see me in? She said, I'm glad you asked. And that's when she said, I have a better promotion for you that I think is more in line with your skill sets and your strengths. You see, sometimes it's not that they don't envision you elsewhere. It's because you aren't on the right page or anyone's radar. In her case, she was on people's radar, but she was so good at what she did and so centered on that one role that she wasn't looking at other opportunities. This role was actually created for her. And as she said to me, in retrospect, if I went in with both guns blazing and I didn't approach it from a balanced place of abundance, I might not have gotten the role. She might have completely done a 180 and not given me the opportunity. What she did leave with was a lot of clarity, where she was going to go, mentors she was going to have, and a development plan forward that the two of them had a two-way dialogue about, and she left there feeling like a million bucks. See, if you have these situations where you've been passed over, it's not a great way to phrase it, it's not coming from abundance, but you feel that way initially when you don't get an opportunity that you really wanted. And so in order for you to decide whether to stay or to go, you need to have a plan in place. You need to have a dialogue, a conversation. 
This is one of the number one reasons why people hire career coaches is career path. Figuring out if this then, if I get it, I stay. If I don't, maybe I still stay, but I have to have a cohesive discussion and a plan forward. I recently wrote an article for LinkedIn and it's been republished a couple of different places about this very subject. Many companies don't offer formal career paths, so you cannot depend on them to do that for you. It's best if you create your own career path because it allows you to call balls and strikes. Am I going to spend another two years at a company that doesn't appreciate me and doesn't see me anywhere else on the board or who identify gaps that are news to me or that I've been working on and they can't seem to think I'm making progress? It might be easier for some people to leave and go to other companies to get promoted. It might not. So this is the methodology. It's called the ABCD method of straight talk. And it's one that I've used for years with my clients. The A stands for abundance. This is what you bring to the table. This is the experiential knowledge that you have calling out the white elephant in the room being very, very articulate about here's the situation. It's not optimal, but I'd like to have a more positive outcome instead of this is the situation and you need to change it now. That's <laughs> kind of threatening, but come from that place of abundance. That's the A. The B is balance. Help me help you. I want this. I want to get there from here, whatever the situation is. How can I do that? How can you help me do that? so that I can help the company. It's not just about you wanting to do something different. It's about you wanting to do something different because you bring great stuff to the table that can only advance the business further. That's balance. That's the B. The C is being crystal clear about what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, what the situation is, whatever it is you're having that discussion about, be crystal clear of what you'd like to see as an outcome and have a two-way discussion. That's D. And that is absolutely imperative. Info in that you contribute and you need to get info back out. Having a proactive approach to your career pathing improves your decision making, especially with stay or go. Ultimately, you want to come from a positive place of win-win and not bring negative energy of want, deserve, victim, anger, entitlement, because those things don't bode well in any circumstance. So while the conversation may sound different, the cadence still applies. Abundance, balance, clarity, and a two-way discussion. That's ABCD. Let's use it in another context. Let's say, and this is something we all have a difficult time doing, you're not getting quite the results that you'd like to see or that you've been producing historically for your company, so you need to ask for help. Hard to do. I'm one that doesn't like to ask for help. It usually gets to a point where I really need help when I ask for it. Don't be like me. <laughs> Try to be more upfront about asking for help and show humility and humanity when you do it. ABCD method has a far better way to approach this that's more comfortable for you and more appealing to the person you're asking for help. An example would be I need help to succeed at my current job. Over the years, I've done X, here are my results, and I've delivered Y, here's my history of results. And while I'm not always perfect, 
I think you probably agree that I'm a pretty hard worker and I get my work done and do a really good job. For whatever reason, my numbers are not reflecting that right now. That's your place of abundance. Here's who I am. Here's what I'm all about. Here's the situation. Here comes the balance. My concern is the effect my poor performance this year has on the team and how it reflects on me long term. I'd like to use this as an opportunity to learn and grow, and I would appreciate some coaching to help me move the needle in areas where you think I can do both, learn and grow. So help me help you. I want to help the team. What can you do as team leader to help me? That's the balance. Clarity is what do you want as an outcome? My goal is to X by Y, whatever X is. I want to achieve my goals by second quarter. How can you contribute to my growth here? It's as simple as that. It's very clear. It's one sentence. It's, I want this by this date. What can you do to help? And then you have a two-way discussion. And a two-way discussion means that your boss actively listens. We're going to talk about that a lot next week because it's one of the hardest skills that a leader ever exercises. Almost as hard as someone asking for help. So what you want to do in these situations is not belittle someone, but instead help them from the standpoint of a team effort. You're going to put in, I'm going to give you help to do and succeed. A, B, C, D. Let's think of another situation that's extremely, I wouldn't say it's difficult, but I would say that it's one where you feel on the defense coming into the conversation, which is, again, not a good way to start a conversation. Under duress, under stress, feeling like you're less than or a victim or something like that. The situation is you want to raise. And some people are probably shaking their head right about now going, Andrea, that is not a tough discussion. If I need a raise and I want a raise and I deserve a raise, they better give me a raise. That's fair enough. But there are some people that don't have an easy time asking for a raise because they're very well adjusted to the fact that the company may not be doing exceedingly well. But they're hard workers, they need the money, their bills aren't going away, and they want to get paid for great performance. So for those that want to have this discussion and are eager to use ABCD, it might sound something like this, coming from Abundant. Based on our key performance measures over the past couple of years since I last got a raise, I have done X and delivered Y. So here's my performance. Here's what I've given. And I realize that Z and Z could be any one of a number of things. I'm at the top of my pay scale. There are limited or marginal raises being offered right now. Times are tough, whatever the narrative. That's the place of abundance. Here's the situation. I'm a hard worker. I get great results. I realize the company is in a bind. Here's the balance message. Income increases reflect my performance. And when it's limited, it's hard for me to realize my value to the organization. It would be helpful for me to understand how my performance is being measured and recognized at this time. I get it. I don't like it. I have to accept it. Help me understand what the situation is and where my value is being appreciated. Now, leaders who are listening, we're going to dig into this on the flip side from your perspective next week. This is no time to skimp on real talk when people are asking you for this, especially if they're high performers. 
because the last thing you want to do in this great resignation is cause another person to leave. So acknowledge and validate their concerns. Even if they're not high performers, you still want to do that because their value means something to them. But the thing that leaders do so often and shouldn't is when they say, look, no one's getting a raise right now. I haven't gotten a raise in four years. Maybe that's true, but they're not there to talk about your situation. They're there to talk about their personal situation. So here's where active listening really needs to be exercised. Validate and acknowledge the concern. I understand how you feel. And we'll talk about this more next week when we talk about having difficult discussions at a leadership and organizational level. And it will be helpful for the employees to tune into that as well, because it'll be very educational, especially for those that want to someday attain leadership positions. The point of clarity, though, that comes out of this is what your intention is to leave the conversation. In most cases, if you're a rational person, you know that somebody can't wave a magic wand and give you a raise as a leader of an organization. You're going to have to go through proper channels to afford somebody a raise. Being very clear about, I realize you can't wave a magic wand and give me a raise or else I would have one by now. But my intention is simply to leave this discussion with a better understanding of where I sit on the pay scale and how I might be able to make more money. It's as simple as that. And then let a two-way dialogue ensue. In a later episode, we're going to be speaking with an HR professional about what I think is one of the most difficult conversations when you're leaving a company that you really, really like, but they're not serving you any longer to be a part of that. So you have to give your notice. And some people it's take this job and stick it where the sun don't shine. But for many people, it's a very difficult conversation. They don't want to be confrontational. It's more to it than just the ABCD method, but it does follow that pretense. I've given you three really solid examples as an employee of how to use the ABCD method. And I'm sure there are many, many others. But hopefully you see the value in how you can absolutely optimize the outcome of your conversation by approaching it with abundance, a balanced discussion of help me help you, clarity about the outcome and having a two-way dialogue rather than a defensive discussion that goes nowhere. That's all we have for you this week. We look forward to reconnecting with you next week. Same time, same place, more power.